Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. What a night. What a win for your Chiefs. I mean, seriously, was that Thursday night football last night or was that a primetime playoff game? Yeah, I mean, I understand Patrick Mahomes has a point when he says it was an ugly win. But generally, when you consider how ugly Thursday night football is and how ugly Thursday night football will be once again, I will gladly take what I saw last night. Because far too often what we get on Thursday night is a couple of gassed out, beaten up teams on a short turnaround that don't want to be there but have to be there. And don't get it twisted. Bad football is still way better than no football. But last night was not that. Instead of the standard two scrubs taking a national dump in their pants on Thursday night, what we got last night was football's best and fiercest division with two of the top teams and both having designs on ripping Lombardi, getting after it. Stars and studs, everyone on the field, and dudes paid to make big plays, doing what they're paid to do. Starting with Mahomes, Mahomes, going vintage. I like the way when I do my own drops. You got to like that. Like, it's not enough for me to say it myself. We have to have my own drop of me. Starting with Mahomes, Mahomes. going vintage, Mahomes. Mahomes, and dropping down with that sidearm sling, for seven in the second quarter. Mahomes still looking, buying time for Mahomes. Touchdown, Jarek McKinnon. The escapability of Patrick Mahomes. Nine-yard touchdown throw. He's a magician. Search scrambling to his right. He pump fakes it, and all of a sudden now there's someone diving in his feet, and he, keeps, and he pulls it back, and he kind of Dan Quisenberry. Yeah, a little sidearm. Kansas right City. across the street. Yeah, I love it. Touchdown. They're making me think of my kid, Rogan Loam. There were some Dan Quisenberry comments when I posted that video of rogues dropping down. So true. You know, they always say when you first get into the business, this business, unless you're just some kind of crazy megalomaniac or egomaniac, it takes you a long time to get used to the sound of your own voice. In fact, I don't think I got used to the sound of my own voice for like 20 years. I still can't even look at myself on TV. I'll be honest. But I do like the sound of Mahomes. Mahomes. What about Mike Williams? No, Mike Williams. We talked about this on the podcast. The big head and I. Mike Williams had a very quiet week one. But last night he started popping off. Balling out. Week one, bit of a wash for Mike. Week two, straight fire. But then again, that is sort of the Mike Williams experience, right? Dude goes eight and 113 and started that third quarter with that absurd one-handed snag. Herbert, pump, throw, lofts it right side, juggling attempt, Mike Williams, touchdown! Fantastic grab! 15 yards, Williams slides down, hauls it in, and the Chargers add to their lead. He decided, I don't need two hands, I'm only gonna use one. Wow, big night for Mike Williams. Westwood won on that call. Mike Williams snatching footballs, snatching souls, and that was a 10-point third-quarter lead. At that point, things were looking very, very good for the Bolts. Somewhere, some old dude was screaming into his dial phone. Hancock Park! 
Universal City, Redondo Beach, show me your lightning bolt. But again, the problem, the dude on the other sideline was, of course, Mahomes. Mahomes? And Mahomes Mahomes? started to do Mahomes Mahomes. things. Mahomes steps up in the pocket, feels the pressure, heaves it downfield. Mahomes has a man, caught, touchdown, Justin Watson. Watson? 41 yards through the air, and he beat J.C. Jackson on the play. So what do you know, Patrick Mahomes does not just turn into Chad Henney when the cheetah bounces. The dude still has name weapons. He still has anonymous randos. And he still finds a way to get every last one of them the ball. Even when he's not at his best, Mahomes still finds ways to get it done. Still finds ways to win. Still finds ways to finish. And that is still the biggest difference between these two teams. Yes, the Bolts were in control for a big chunk of that game, for most of the game. Yes, they got busted the hell up, up front, which led to Justin Herbert getting busted the hell up. But the main difference between these two teams is the Chiefs almost always finish, and the Chargers are still trying to figure out how to do so consistently. Because if you have your boot on KC's throat, and L.A. did, and you do not choke them out, and you let them hang around, that's exactly what's going to happen. We've seen it before. It happened again last night. That's how you turn a 10-point lead into a three-point loss, and you have a long-ass flight home. And you're kicking yourself for not cashing in the opportunities that you know you had, but you didn't. Like, I'm a huge Asante Samuel fan, but... He can't be putting two INTs on the ground, not against Kansas City. And while Justin Herbert could not have been any tougher, and man, my man is tough, could not be any tougher or any more badass the way he got his ribs sledgehammered and yet still led his team right back down the field with a dime. Despite all of that, there's no getting around how devastating that 99-yard pick six was that flipped that game. And not just a 99-yard pick six, but a 99-yard pick six from maybe the most unlikely dude on the entire field. Chargers go without a huddle again. Right side drive intercepted on the left side. Picked off at the goal line at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Watson. Watson, Watson? can go all the way. The seventh-round pick, 20, 15, 10, 5, Jalen Watson. Watson? Chiefs radio and double Rome drops in this segment. Mahomes slash Watson. Mahomes? Watson? How about this dude, Jalen? Watson? Watson? A.K.A. the 243rd pick in April's draft. My man was literally working at Wendy's a few years ago to keep that NFL dream alive. And there he is pulling off a 99-yard pick six in his second career game. That'd be a pretty good time to slam the brakes right now and shout out Chiefs GM Brett Veach. Not that we didn't know this, but absolutely one of the best in the business. And he just had the very best seventh round draft ever. This dude's got two rookies from the seventh round who have already scored in the first two games of the season. Isaiah Pacheco last week, Jalen Watson last night. Watson? Typically, if you have a seventh round pick, even make the team. That is an enormous win. Meanwhile, this dude, Veach, he's got tutties. In the 240s. He's finding tutties in the 240s. As for the Bolts, 
Maybe next time Gerald Everett is gassed and he's got his hand up and he's asking out of the game, maybe you come for the big fella. Old man Ritt. Can't believe how gassed Everett seemed. And then the route that he ran on that game-turning pick six kind of proved it, right? But again, this is the difference to me with these two teams. You only get a couple of key opportunities to flip any game. The Chiefs got theirs. They cashed it. They housed it. And the Bolts did not. But, 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 I do have to drop one big, fat, chunk Gruden. But, but, in here right now because the game was not over. The game was not over, and especially for a certain group of people. Certain people who may have thrown down on the Bolts plus four. No names mentioned. Me. And for those of us in that spot, Justin Herbert manned the hell up, didn't he? Came through big time. Because by the end of that game, my dude, Herbert, was broken. Broken. I mean, hopefully not actually, but and I hope he's all right. But he showed off an enormous brass set the way he got back in there and went down the field that one more or one extra time. I mean, a brass set. Never mind that whole wheelbarrow thing. Get this dude a U-Haul. Not only did he stay in that game looking like he could barely breathe, let alone move. Baseball bat. Get that guy a U-Haul. U-Haul. He, that's three for me. Three of my own drops in one segment. That's got to be a record. Mahomes? Watson? Mahomes? Baseball bat? Get that guy U-Haul. What I'm saying is, this guy's back out there, and he delivers this dime on fourth down to keep that all-important back door wide-ass open. And to keep it alive. Fires it. Inside the Keep it alive is right. Andre Carter. So there is Herbert again with that fourth down magic we saw at all of last year. This is what makes Herbert one of the elite quarterbacks is he just decided not to. Did you hear that ding on my computer? That was James Kelly blowing me up. Quote, BS backdoor cover. You mean legendary backdoor cover? Bitter much, big head? Bitter much? Oh, which brings me to the point. Did you happen to listen to Jim Rome's Big Head Bets? Did you listen and did you get down and did you hit that game last night? And then how did it go for you? If you're picking up on anything I'm throwing off, you could tell it went pretty well for me and pretty badly for the Big Head. So get up in here. Or if you just want to talk straight ball, that's okay too. I got to tell you, man, if Justin Herbert needed a wheelbarrow for his nuts and his ribs, then the Chargers needed a second wheelbarrow to carry my guy Gerald Everett back to the line of scrimmage. My man, I understand that was a tough game and you were gassed, but I don't know, man, get a Peloton maybe. Mix in a little cardio. It's hard to run that hurry up to tire out the defense when the focal point is not in a hurry. It's hard to catch the ball if you're hunched over trying to catch your breath. But it's not just him. Has anybody checked on my man Kelsey? It looked like he got his soul expunged. 
from his body when he got slammed to the turf by Derwin. Throws, finds the open man. You're talking about Kelsey. And he gets down at the tube. What did the ball come out? They're going to call him down by contact. But Derwin James picked him up and body slammed him to the ground. And when his body hit the ground is when the ball popped up. He lifts him up. That's a big man. Throws him down. He should be Friday night uh, WWE. Prime video. We had Derwin in studio. My man's got muscles on top of muscles. More muscles in his fingers than in my entire body. And while we're checking on guys, x-rays suggest that Herbert's going to be fine. That's good. I hope that the x-ray that they examined was not examined by the same guys that Jerry Jones used to examine Dak because Jarrah would have Herbert on the practice field already. You know what I mean, Pops. Overall, so far so good with the Thursday night matchups. Rams v. Bills last week. Thursdays used to be for like, and, and I'm thinking that it's still going to be like this, but generally Thursdays are like some whack matchup between Jacksonville and Tennessee or the Bengals when the Bengals had Dalton, you know, things like that. The NFL would try to cover how lame those games were by going with some equally lame color rush uniforms. What do you know? Great matchups make for great football games, and you don't need lame gimmicks or shtick. So far, so good. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? James Bradbury. James, so good to have you on. How are you? Doing good. How about you? Dude, I'm great. You had an amazing start. You get a fresh start with Philadelphia and then an unbelievable way to introduce yourself to the Eagle fans with that pick six in week one. Let me start right there. Does it get any better than that? And what did you see on that play? Uh, no, it doesn't really get any better than that than the pick six in mean, your first game. Um, and I have to thank Kazir White. He tipped the ball to me. Uh, we was actually in a, a zone coverage. He saw the out route coming, and then he made a good play, tipped it, and um, I caught it. And then the rest, the linemen were blocking. They blocked their behinds off on that play. So they, they also helped me get into the end zone. No, you're right. A perfect tip drill. Dude, what did you think, though, when you saw that entire sideline to yourself? I got pretty excited. I couldn't believe I was actually – I had the opportunity to make it to the end zone. So I was just trying to make sure I hurried up and got there quickly. James Bradbury is joining us. Of course, you play on the other side of one of the best corners in the league, one of my favorite dudes in Darius Slay. 
I mean, I'll admit it. I'm not supposed to play favorites, but I love Slay. I love this guy. What do you make of his game? Because you knew it before you got there. What do you make of his game, and how much do the two of you feed off each other already? Overall, he's an elite corner. Um, I knew that when I came into the league, and I've been watching his film ever since then. You know, I play man coverage, play zone coverage. Always lines up on number one receiver. So I know he's um, an elite corner in this game, and I had a lot of respect coming to this team to play alongside him. And um, I just, I'm just trying to compliment him, you know, and try to make plays on my end um, on the other side of the ball. James Bradbury is joining us. You know, you were one of the lone bright spots, I thought, for the Giants the last couple of years, and they let you go as a salary cap casualty. What let you know that Philadelphia was the place that you wanted to be and that that was the best fit? What did you like about that opportunity? Uh, first, I looked at the roster. You know, the roster, we, had, we, had, we got some elite guys on the roster, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and also, in that division, they were one of the teams that went to the playoffs, so I knew there was going to be a contender. Um, and also the scheme, I feel like the scheme fit well for me, uh, playing, playing uh, zone and also some man as well, the mixing up um, and playing to my strengths. Um, so that was some of the things that really um, – had my attention toward Philadelphia. We're talking to James Bradbury. You know, the roster, to me, I agree with you. I love the defensive side. I love the offensive side. I mean, I just, I love the way this thing is constructed. I understand you'll tell me, hey, listen, one day at a time, one game at a time. But when you study that roster and you see what you have, what's the upside here? Like, what's the ceiling for this team? How good can this group be? I think we we can be as good as we want to be. You know, we have all the tools. Uh, I think that's start, you got to have the players um, in order to, you know, be a contender and be a elite defense. And I know we had a great front seven that was going to get after the, uh, the, the quarterback, and it was going to give me opportunities to make a plays on the ball on the back end. And uh, that's all you can ask for as a DB, you know, is the, um, have a great front seven. And um, so they don't leave you out to draw all the time. You know, you don't want to be guarding, you don't want to guard receivers too long in this league because it's a lot of uh, elite receivers as well. Yeah, exactly. And you run into one of them this coming Monday. You've got Justin Jefferson, stiff challenge, elite receiver already, even as a young guy. What do you make of his game, and what's the plan for slowing him down? You know, he's a very confident player, runs uh, great routes, has, has a lot of speed, and he's able to uh, create a lot of yards after the catch once he has the ball in his hands. Um, and you just got to make sure where wherever he is on the field. You know, you got to always be uh, paying attention to where he lines up. Um, and that's, that's where you start. You know, as soon as he lines up, you make sure you call out where he is. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. So you'll see where he lines up. How much time do you personally expect to be matched up with him come Monday night? Uh, you know, we're still putting the game plan together. Um, I know last week me and Slate played left and right. So it really just depends on what, uh, what formation they get into. Dude, Slay. Where he lines up in that formation. Yeah, I was going to say, I appreciate that. I was going back to Slay. Dude, he's funny, right? Like, I knew when I sat with him for the first time, I knew he had a big personality, but that dude is funny. What was your first reaction to him personally when you sat with him? Pretty much your same first reaction. He's pretty funny. I didn't realize he was that funny. Um, You know, he brings brings a lot of – he takes a lot of the edge off of the – the meeting room and also being on the field, you know, it can be can be stressful playing football and also be a mental challenge. But having him alongside and having him in the meeting room, he definitely uh, takes the edge off the thing. I think you made a great point, James. Like th- th- it can be really stressful. I would imagine. What would I know? But th- there's got to be a lot of pressure, and it can be pretty stressful in terms of the mental approach to the game. What do you do to kind of relieve that stress or manage it or actually use it and convert it to positive energy? What do you do with it? I just try to prepare to the best of my ability. Right. Uh, starting from from Monday until we get to game day. Uh, usually preparation, it usually it eases my my mind and helps me relax once I'm out there playing because I'm not just reacting to everything. I'm I'll, I'll prepare it and I can anticipate. 
Dude, I, th- I think you nailed it. I think that's a life thing right there. You know, the better prepared you are, the better you're going to feel. Before I let you go, the Giants, you know, it's it's business, right? Like, really good players get released. It happens to a lot of guys. When it happened to you, did it feel like business or did it feel personal? It definitely felt like business. Um, I kind of knew that as soon as the season ended. You know, we didn't have the season that we, that we wanted. so I, And then we had new coaches, a coach staff come in. So I knew it was going to be business at the end of the day. I definitely didn't take it personal. But that does make sense. But when you run into them now twice a year, is it going to be business as usual, or might it feel a little more personal when that happens? I mean, you definitely want to um, remind the team that you came from and what type of player you are and what you're capable of. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's business, and um, I want to get a win. Um, but I'm also familiar with the team, so uh, it's going to be a little bit of both. It's going to be fun. One last thought. You had been to Philadelphia, obviously, as a visiting player, so you kind of got a sense of the Philadelphia fans and that energy. How different is the energy once you're on their side, and what's that feel like now? It's definitely a lot of energy in the stadium, um, and they let you know when you make great plays, and they let you know when you make bad plays, and they don't really agree with the plays that you make. Um, so I would say they're, they're, they're an honest fan base, uh, but they're definitely their heart is in it, and I'm glad to have them on my side. I'm going to ask you really quickly about that. Like, when they let you know that they don't appreciate that, do you appreciate that about them? Or do you think, come on, man, like, you're the hometown fans. Maybe you're not as dialed in as you think. We've done the work. We've prepared. Can you cut me a little slack? Or do you respect that they care literally almost as much as you do? I respect the fact that they care just as much as, uh, as, much as I do. Uh, of course, like you said, it's all about perspective and how you look at it. You know, I think it just gives you uh, more motivation and more of an edge to go out there and make a play because, uh, you know, you, your fans are riding with you. And when you make a play, it, make it, it, it makes it even sweeter because, you know, like they really they understand football and they care about it just as much as you do. And it means so much to them. It means so much to them. He's a Philadelphia cornerback. He signed in the offseason, a pro bowler. Philadelphia's 1-0, and they're going to take on Minnesota on Monday night. James, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So I've got a question for you guys. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well, Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. I said 48 hours. Generally, if something seems too good to be true, it is, but not in this case. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and it's easy to use, especially when you're on the move. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it does protect it. You want that. You need that. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. The smash hit gambling podcast that has already debuted and dropped and episode two is already on the digital shelves. Why am I checking in with the big head? Because it was a great game and because I had the Chargers plus four. He took the Chiefs minus four and I want to make sure that he knows that's why the pod is in fact called Jim Rome's Big Head Bets. What's up, head? How's life? Better today. Last night I wanted to cry like Coach Staley, but better today. Yes, it is called Jim Rome's Big Head Bets. Great win. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know how that goes, Ed. That that will flip pretty quickly. Let me get your reaction. You just said you wanted to cry last night like Coach Staley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least it's not personal with you, dude. Let me get your reaction to the game <laughs> itself, and then you can double up and share what was going through your mind as you saw that backdoor cover play out. Yeah. Uh, game itself, somehow, some way, even with Justin Herbert, the Bolts are still finding ways to polter themselves, Jim. Mitch Trubisky. What does that? A, what does that mean? Polter themselves. Gas out. Let it go. Fly it out there. Choke. Oh, right oh flash one smack. That that's, that's mature. Yeah. Not at all sophomore or juvenile. No, not at all, dude. Mitch Trubisky has a more than ten percent better winning percentage as a starting quarterback than Justin Herbert does, and that's with Coach Penn as his coach for the majority of his career. Herbert's now sixteen and eighteen as an NFL uh, starter. I'm just in awe. Dude, dude, just to answer the question, don't turn this into a big head bet segment where you start spewing a bunch of stats and talk about Coach Penn and mixing some flash ones. Just answer the question, it, man. It's my anger towards the Chargers right now. Um, dude, at if you, if you, at three, when they're up three at half, I knew they were going to lose because they should have been up by 30 points at halftime. That's what I'll say for that. Head, if you're going to get that angry mm-hmm. and take it that personally when it's one game – and we've picked six others already, and it's just one week, how the hell are you going to make it through the year? I'll make it through. I'll adjust. I always come around. But give me a 24-hour rule here for this one for Thursday night games. To, to stay bent? Yeah. To stay pissed for 24 hours? Is that what the 24-hour rule is? Dude, it was like Derwin James body slammed me on that backdoor cover, though. That was rough. No, I, no, OJ. It was nothing like that. <laughs> now, you, why don't you ask? Like yeah, it was kind of like you took a helmet to the ribs like Herbert, right? Yeah, pretty much. Did you just say it was like Derwin James body slammed me on that back door? Dude, like Kelsey? He threw that oh, touchdown, I felt did. like Travis Kelsey did. Uh, two fourth down conversions and the last one being a touchdown, and that's how you lose. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's great when you and I watch games because, you know, we're not in the same home. We message each other. Uh-huh. And then as that thing was playing out, you're like, great, here comes the backdoor cover. Yeah. And I said, head, I've got the Chargers plus four. And your response was, quote, yeah, I know. I wanted to commiserate myself instead of you for that time. Yeah, exactly. So, what yeah. were you looking for, me to pick you up? I had the right pick. Yeah, you did. I, well, I was hoping you'd say, yeah, maybe not, but nope, here just, we go. Just because you do that for me does not mean I'm going to do that for you, all right? <laughs> I appreciate I'm, I'm a much worse winner than you are. You're a better winner. You don't rub that in my face like I am right now. All right, so that'll happen. I'm sorry that happened to you. That had to suck. You know, mm-hmm. we took the Big Head Bet segment, though, which aired on Fridays off the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. We gave it its own podcast. We're able to do so because of our pals at DraftKings. We are now two eps in. It's an absolute blast because you and I have done this so many times. It was not a matter of you and I having to hit our stride. We hit the ground running. It feels great. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's just me. I want to ask you this. You track this stuff pretty closely. Mm-hmm. What do the clones and the listeners think? And I ask you, not because you're like all in the middle of the reviews, but you track metrics, you track analytics, you have a sense of the numbers, what the consumer thinks. What has the response been generally so far to us? Could you imagine if I said it was ass? How funny that would be? If it's true, I'm fine with it. It's do they a, do not. they think it's no. ass? No. The, do they the think reaction. it's serial ass? Do they, they do think not we think are? think it's serial ass. They think it's actually awesome. No joke. It's cool to see number-wise and reaction, like a variety of things, Jim. It's not just gamblers either. Some people come for the picks. Some come for the NFL analysis. Some come for the entertainment and don't gamble at all. I mean, dude, all the above. They love the bleep talk. 
maybe my struggles with the English uh, English language. Right on cue. Right on cue. Perfect. Perfect. And you know who else they love? You and Alvin. Alvin. Alvin's getting a lot of love today. <laughs> he is, and he's earned it. He's earned oh, he it. Does. And you're getting a lot of flack for you murdering the English language today because you've earned that. Now, I go back to your other point. You're right. It would have been so funny if you said, you know, you know what the reaction is, Jim? They think it's ass. They think it's cereal ass. They want to know when we're going to pull the plug. <laughs> After two episodes. That'd yeah. be great. Wouldn't that be, be so funny. awesome? Oh, my gosh. A or an F, man. All right. A, a or an F. Give me an A or give me an F and it's ass. All right. So the podcast is sort of like, to me, here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that extension of your now famous act at that meeting in Vegas that oh, I flew boy. you in for, where you pretty much put your feet up on the desk, mm-hmm. you asked for an adult beverage, and then you let the f bombs fly. That's the way you're treating that podcast. Mm-hmm. Only twenty exit. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Is that the way you're approaching it? Yeah, it does have a little Vegas sit-down feel, for sure. I'll say that. I'll admit that. Yeah, no, no. I've never seen a dude who had less business getting that comfortable get <laughs> as comfortable as you did in that meeting as fast as you did. But then that's just my take. Without naming names, because mm-hmm. we don't do it, mm-hmm. you consume a lot of content, right? You right. listen to other gambling pods. How is ours different than the others? So if you hear other gambling shows, pods, this is different. I'm not bagging any of the other ones, but they tend to be very, very serious, I'd say. We take this very serious, but we, I mean, we, we, we take our prep very, very serious, but we don't take ourselves too serious, I would say. Well, seriously, but okay. Yeah. It's a fun vibe, It's an too. adverb, seriously. We, we, take, right. we take it seriously, not serious. Zero shot in hell I'd know what an adverb verb is so sorry yeah, about you that. can't even say it why would you know what it is no but you're right though I, I think what you're trying to say let me i've learned to decode big head speak you mm-hmm. make a very good point we take it very seriously but we don't take ourselves too serious no that's exactly what's going on there too. you go it's a fun vibe we laugh we have a good time but we also have good info with brutal honesty i guess you could say and then sometimes you know some of the serious pods about uh, they're not funny. They're like writ, right? I mean, that's kind of rude, but they think they're funny and they're not, and they keep going. We're not that way at all. So we're funny. We're funny. It's fun. And, and there's one more thing about this. If if we turn it loose on this show, it, I mean, to be honest, we do get loose. We, we get, loose. get loose. I'm I'm waiting for the phone call from the suits. Oh boy, it hasn't come coming. yet. Luckily, but we They're do. Sit us down in the office shortly. By the way, you do. I do. We get loose. There's one more element to the program. Mm-hmm. One more thought. You dislike a lot of stuff, Correct. but not the pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. You like the doc and what he brings to it, don't you? Yeah, I'm a walking wet blanket with a lot of stuff, but I dig the doc, man. I've been a big fan of his for years and uh, on Twitter and hearing him on the radio. He's good, dude. He, he sees everything from a different perspective that adds value to gambling, fantasy, and just fans watching their games. He's kind of like uh, pro football focus, but on the you know the health side of stuff with the injuries and stuff. He has a website that's amazing that codes everything. It's just good information. He's th- I love him. Yeah, you know, so. th- th- here's the thing: we're not shilling for that. And again, as a disclaimer, yeah, I am on their advisory board. I'm an investor in their company. However, 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 even though you and I are partners in this, I didn't ask your permission because I don't need your permission. But because you are a walking wet blanket, I assume mm-hmm. that maybe you would not be pro doc but when i brought it up you're like i love it can we use him can he be a part of this 
So I was very happy to see Dude, that from you. I jumped you. all over it. I was you like, did. Hell yes. I love that idea. You it's did. good. Yeah. All right, good. Glad to hear it. So listen, really quickly, by now, I would assume that most people know where and how to find a podcast, but mm-hmm. not everybody does. Head, for those who do not know where to find Jim Rome's Big Head Bets, what's the easiest way for them to access that pod? Okay, so a couple easy ways. We are on all major podcast platforms. Jim's Twitter's got it. My Twitter's at Big Head Bets has it. But if you can't understand any of that stuff, just go to JimRome.com and click on podcast and you'll find it right there. Nice job, Head. All right, great job on Ep2. We have six more games coming up this weekend. I know you and I will be in communication. Have a great weekend, and nice job as always. Thanks, Jim. The Head, James Kelly. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. You know, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like how they require minimums, and worse yet, how the rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. And now that we've talked about that, why don't we get back to doing what we do best, talking some junk and talking sports. You know, what we do, where we live, who we are. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms do apply. Teron Armstead is my guest. Teron, it is great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well, Jim. How you doing? My man, I want to ask you, how you feeling? How you living? How's life? Everything's great, man. Everything's going well. Uh, enjoying it down here in South Florida. Enjoying the team. Uh, you know, fresh, fresh start, a lot of energy down here. So it's been great. I love that. I love that. That's where you answer that. Cause I was going to say, it's a new start, new team, new opportunity, a new chapter of your life. So I'm curious, 10 years in, even 10 years in, what did it feel like to run out on that field at hard rock stadium? And did you even have to calm yourself down a little bit? It's, it's a kid's game, man. It's a kid's game. So just, uh, I'm always low key, overly excited on game day. So I, have to contain myself and then we play in the elements down here in South Florida so definitely was conscious about uh not burning too much energy pregame. Teron Armstead joining us what about that like you played indoors for so long and then you're out there and it's hot and you don't want to burn too much energy up you also on top of that were arguably the top rated free agent available so you had options very clearly what was it about that opportunity with Miami and the Dolphins that you like so much and that the fit made so much sense for you yeah free agency was just a uh it was different man um you know nine years in the world and so it was my first time in that situation um so I just wanted to take my time and, and do my due diligence before coming into such a huge decision and in doing so um checking all my boxes and everything. I just paying attention down in Miami uh, with Mike McDaniel coming down, Frank Smith coming down as OC, the additions they made before I signed, uh, the offense, the scheme, the defense, the success the defense has had. It just, I felt like it was perfectly aligned for me. And uh, I just jumped at the opportunity. Teron Armstead joining us. You mentioned Mike McDaniel. Like, I'm on the outside looking in. I've never spoken to him. I've never met him. Yet, I can't get enough of this guy. You've played the game a long (laughs) time. And you've played for a lot of different coaches. Have you ever been around a coach quite like this, Cat? And what's he like to play for? He's different, man. He's (laughs) different. He brings brings, uh, an intensity, uh, energy every day that that you have to match. Or he's going to call you out. Um confident, positive. Uh, he's, he's different, man. He's different. I, I can't say enough good things about him. 
uh, I love playing for him. Uh, you know, I want to win for him. Dude, I think that's exceptional praise from a 10-year vet and a three-time Pro Bowler to say, I want to play for him, I want to win for him. You know, the other thing I love about the guy from the outside looking in is he's just so aggressive, right? Or like as Tyreek Hill said, the coach needs a wheelbarrow to carry around his big cojones. When he went for it, <laughs> dude, when he went for it on fourth down late in the first half on Sunday where a lot of coaches would try to get in the field goal range and Tua threw that touchdown pass, what message did that send the entire team and how fired up were guys? Just that confidence, man, that, that, that he comes with, he brings every day, and he tries to instill in each and every one of us. And uh, you can't preach those messages during a week and not put it on display on Sunday. So that's exactly what that was. Like He he talks about being fearless and you know, going out and putting it all online. And we go fourth and seven midfield, and here we go. Let's do it. You know, and I think we all kind of have our alter egos, right? I think what's really interesting about you, you have so much to bring to it, and not everybody gets to see that side of it. Make the distinction for me, right? Is there a difference between Teron Armstead and, say, T-Stead? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a, not so much an alter ego. It's just kind of the, the the pocket I'm in or the bag I'm in. Remember that T-Stead mode? It's the... That's the swag. That's the um, just just chill. Bring it. Bring it some energy though. Kind of kind of getting lit when I'm Toronto. I'm still, that's, that's business. That's suit and tie. <laughs> I like that. Listen, <laughs> you you have a passion also. Like we're talking about stuff off the field for music. When did you first get into music? And who were some of your biggest influences when you first got in? Oh uh, man, we I started in the music in high school. We had a rap group. CBC, Centerville Click, and uh, we was rolling. Then I, I was making music in college, and then I got to the league and just started, had to go out the window, you know, for the for the longest you heard to just shut up and play or, you know, stick to your day job, whatever, whatever. Um, so a couple years in, I just, like, I missed it, and it, and it was a part of me. So got back into it, and it's, like, therapeutic for me. Uh, it's a chance to just get away from the game from time to time. Um, so I, th- I thought it was important to bring it back into my life, and it actually helps on the field too, being able to express and release and all those good things. I love when athletes now are tapping into many different um, businesses, hobbies. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's important. Teron Armstead joining us. I think it's really important, and that's why I want to bring that up, and I'm glad you answered it like that, that whole, hey, shut up and dribble, be quiet and just play. Like you, mm-hmm. you mentioned that when you first – and luckily, fortunately, and smartly, that's changing. That should change, and I'm glad that's changing. But when you first got in the league, you mentioned I had to kind of put that aside. That must have been hard because that's not the way you are, right? You're not that no. guy. Was that hard? Was I'm that not. challenging? I'm not. I'm not. And I, and I found myself suppressing – depressing myself which um you know as a result it just it changed your demeanor your mood or you know so I was trying to suppress and um play everything exactly how I thought it was supposed to be but no I think it's extremely important for athletes to have things that they're passionate about or don't be afraid to display their passions their loves for different business or hobbies, um, and, I, and and it's moving forward. Like I think it has grown and it's been great, especially for guys that retire. You know, you for the longest guys are retiring, 
go through depression because they lost their identity, had nothing else but the game. So now guys have so many different things going on off the field, uh, smart investments, business, all those good things. I think it's extremely important. You know, what you just said I think is really key. I talked to Eric Wood about this yesterday on this program, and he's got a podcast called What's Next, and this is exactly what he talks about. You know, for so many athletes, when you don't get to go out on your own terms, rare is the great athlete who gets to go out yeah. on their own terms, yeah. and especially, dude, you know this, in the NFL, it can be ripped from you immediately if you're not ready or you don't have something else. It can be really difficult. Are you at all concerned? I don't think so, but are you at all concerned about once that time does come and you have to take that jersey off what it's going to be like and what that will do to your identity do you allow yourself to think about that um i really i really just like to to be in a be in a moment like right. i have i have things off the field i have my children you know but as far as the game like i still have so much i want to do um like dying for a super bowl win all those all those good things like i would hate to leave the game before that um so i don't i don't really think about like if it was that my time was to end now in the league whatever I just try to make the most like the absolute most of my time now and maximize my opportunities don't leave any stone unturned all those good things so anything I can do to not have any regrets when that time comes then I'll be able to walk away with 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 no problems Teron Armstead joins me for a few more moments. You mentioned your kids. I've seen video of your girls playing ball. Man, they get after it. They can ball, dude. They can <laughs> ball. What is it? What is it like for you to watch them play? And how do you approach that? They're gonna love hearing you say that too. I mean I that, mean, dude. When they listen to it, they're gonna love that, dude. They are pure. They are natural. <laughs> I appreciate it, uh, man. It's it's amazing. It is amazing. I I catch myself getting so like fired up and I got to remember like they're just small girls and I, I I try to give them some little teachings and coachings and all those good things. Uh, I have some really thoroughbred athletes. I'm going to be honest. No, you do, dude. For girls. sure. Listen, these two girls are going to be something. Uh, I mean that. So, uh, but I just, I try not to go too much into coach mode. I, you know, I'm daddy first. So, um, and they'll let me know, too. So it's it's interesting, right? Like, you're coming from a place of love, for sure, and you just <laughs> want to support them. But when you say, I've got a couple of thoroughbred athletes, like, you know they're special. You know, because yeah. you know. You know. So, and, and I've got a couple of kids that I love my boys, but they're not thoroughbred athletes, but you want them to find something they love, man. You just want them to try really, really hard. So what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to stay out of the way? Are you going to push them to be as great as they possibly can? How do you approach it as a father? Uh, see, they were they were they respond really well to me. It's just, but with 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 girls, it's just kind of you got to know that line because they they they'll get a little a little feisty on you. And my two are very opinionated, um, but like they have some like seriously, they have some talents and abilities that it's uh it's it's remarkable, and and they're still really young. But I I think the I think my twins have a very bright future athletically. I can tell, man. I feel the love and how proud you are. Before you go, you know, one of those academic things. You know, when I said to you at the very top, how you feeling? Let me ask you again, how you feeling? Like, I mean, how you feeling? Like, you had a bit of a toe issue. What's your status for Sunday? Um, definitely won't won't get into the to the status. We're working though. We're working. You know, every 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 week the goal is to be out there to be ready to roll, and uh, we're trying to put our best put our best outfit on the field 
Got a tough Ravens team. They're waiting on us to land. So uh, now we're going to be looking to improve the improve the two and zero. Just taking a day at a time, and, and when Sunday comes, you know we just try to put our best foot forward. I get that. You've got Miami coming off that big win over New England. They're one and zero. You've got the Dolphins and Ravens that Sunday, one p.m. Eastern. It's a CBS game. You know, Toronto, I've done this a long time, so I'm always fired up to talk to somebody, an elite guy that I've not met or spoken to before. So I really appreciate you, especially the week and this close to the game, coming on the program and just kind of chopping it up with us. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate you very much. Thanks I for doing that. I appreciate you too, man. I'm a fan. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the Yeah, 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 yeah. What's cracking? What a wild weekend that was. How you living? I would imagine right about now, some of you are living really, really well, and some of you are not living well at all. Yesterday was amazing. Unless, of course, you are a Cowboy fan. Yeah! Scott, I mentioned he got his hand hit a moment ago. Has come out the of the quarterback game. is toast. Oh, my God, the head coach is toast. Oh, my God, the Dallas Cowboys are already toast. What a complete disaster in Big D. I don't want to overreact to anything that happened in week one, but that is not an overreaction. I'm going to say I love this guy already. How do you not love this dude? And he's not wrong. Even if the imagery is a little bit over the top. War Alvin phasing out the heavy metal and giving Hove some play. God did. Clones, you either win with me or you watch me win. What? Hey, man, first time clone. I think it was a mistake. And the farm before the Oklahoma game, he could have waited till the end of the season. You can't wait if you lose to Georgia Southern. There was no way they could have gone another week, another day, another hour. Dead dogaha. Back in the 90s, when we first came on the air there, story about a couple having sex on a dead dog. If you want to get nice on a dead dog, you're freaking weird. But that's not for me to say. Email. I love Pat Benatar. This is a pipe. So, I mean, regardless of song, Bella, I have the exact same take. She just was fierce. Broncos country. There's no good wide left. The dude who forced his way out of Seattle because the coaching staff did not trust him enough got ripped off the field by a new coach who trusted the kicker more than him. That's right. Incredible. Russell Wilson has been a godsend to the NFL. Three timeouts. See, I might use one right here. If you'll just uh, give me the time, I'd like to talk about Peyton Manning's forehead. Sean Clark is my guest. Hey, Jim, I haven't been a big fan of you for a long time. Time, so this is a thrill for me to go on your show. Boone, I want to hear from you. 
National love for Boone, North Carolina. We won't be putting him on IR. Too bad you still don't have that death pool because I would pick Jarrah Jones, man. You could count the veins in that dude's head. Twitter. Pre-Madonna. P-R-E. And then Madonna, the entertainer. You know what you are, Wells? You're a pre-Mariah Carey diva. You know what you are, dude? You're a pre Britney Spears diva. We're all taking receipts on all. What exactly are you so angry about? Did you think that they were going to love eating L's in New York City? Taking receipts. Stop blaming the media. Charles Huff, the big stage, not too big for your guys. We weren't playing the history and tradition of Notre Dame. We weren't playing Rudy. We weren't playing the Four Horsemen. We weren't playing Touchdown Jesus. Um, I told them all week, I said, we're playing a really good football team that wears gold helmets. Jaron Hall is the quarterback at BYU. You know, every missionary story is different. It's different how quickly they get back to the game, but for me, it was a little bit of a longer process. So it's kind of my journey. Yeah, just, I had to be patient. The beef segment. My beef, wine tasting wine snob guy. Hey, senior cork block, take your pour, say thank you, and move along, butthole. My beef is with these punk ass Raider fans that think that Derek Carr should be replaced after one week. Hey, idiot. It's not Stidham time yet, buttholes. So I said to Alvy during that break, I'm like, I know this band. I like this band. Remind me. He goes, Band of Elways. I'm like, what? He's like, Good Band of Horses. Good one, Band, I don't know any Band of Elways. Like, I know this song. That's a jalopy. It's dropping engine parts and oil and smoking out the back, falling apart on the road trying to get to the finish line. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? From rocket arm to racketeer. Oh, Brett got caught with his pants, pants on down. The pants on the ground. Ice sandwiches. Get the number 65, the Jim Rome. Great fire. Bombastic. Rack him, Alvy. Bombastic. I've had the Jim Rome sandwich. Mm. Eric Wood is my guest. You hear about that all the time on the Reinvention Podcast and how you get over that. For me, this is my way of trying to give back and serve others. Matt in L.A. Romulus James saying that the pimp was looking for me. So I figured I'm here. Khalil Mack spent more time on top of Derek Carr than I have on my wife of 14 years, if you know what I'm getting at. I have the backdoor plus four as well, brother. How do you like them apples, big head? All the above. They love the bleep talk. Maybe my struggles with the English English language. Right on cue. Man, they get after it. They can ball, dude. They can (laughs) ball. What is it like for you? They're going to love hearing you say that, too. I mean that, dude. They're going to love that. And then I'm going to be right back here. Watch it for a long time. So thank you and uh, go out. Hello, Jones. He's gone. Tell your son to keep throwing that smoke. Well, hey, where's the football game? Where's Thursday Night Football? Let's go Channel 2. I'm speechless. Goodbye. Stay always faithful. Find something new and let's make this world a better place. Good night now. Let's go to Albuquerque. Eric in Albuquerque. It's good to have you, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. General Rome, thank you for taking my phone call. I called in today because for years you've been an inspiration to me. I'm a Marine Corps disabled combat veteran, Mm. and you have changed my life. You have inspired me to reinvent myself. And on the heels of Eric Wood's interview with you yesterday, I wanted to call in and basically express my gratitude, but also talk a little bit about the standard being the standard. You know, in the Marine Corps, we often say always faithful, and we say it in Latin, semper fidelis. I wanted to talk about Jalen Watson's 99-yard interception return for a touchdown yesterday in the game. 
because that was an inspiration. Three years ago, this man was working at a Wendy's. He didn't know what his future would hold, but he stayed faithful. He made it to the NFL and made a big play in a big game. Now, I'm a Bills fan, born and raised in Buffalo. So for me, I'm not necessarily rooting for the Chiefs, but this is an amazing story, and more people need to get on this train. More people need to be listening to the Reinvention Project and listening to you. Your shows have gotten me through some of the darkest days of my life, combat deployments overseas, where day in, day out was a constant grind of sheer terror. And your shows were able to help me get through it. And years on, after suffering with PTSD, I've been able to reinvent myself, find new goals, discover new talents I never knew I had, such as writing. I've embraced that as something that's truly healed me. And I could not have done that without you, without the XR4TI, and all the clones out there. So to you, Jim, I say thank you. And everybody out there, stay always faithful, find something new, and let's make this world a better place. I'm out. Oh, man. I, I got chills. Eric in Albuquerque, rack him, Alvin. James in Portland. James, my man. Jimmy, my man. And Alvy, it's Friday. How much sex are you going to have this weekend? I can answer that for you a lot. Jimmy, I'm calling today to talk about my son's idol and my man crush, Justin Herbert. As a longtime duck, I've been watching this stud his whole football career, and Herbert has more brass in his jockstrap than Albie has in his sweatpants. But for the love of God, can someone get this kid a coach? I mean, at Oregon, Mario Cristobal ran the kid on third and fourth down instead of using the best arm in Oregon Ducks history. And Brandon Staley's going to get him killed if they don't get an offensive line in front of him. And, oh, Staley, when you're on the five-yard line about to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, run the damn ball and don't set up Herbert for a pick six or death in the pocket. But as long as Herbert's not injured – I'm stoked because I have the back door plus four as well, brother. How do you like them apples, big head? War Alvin enjoying oyster shooters this weekend. Come on! Oh, my man. Go ahead and rack him. That's how you start your caller-only segment. Let's go to Baton Rouge. BK in Baton Rouge. Hey, BK, what's up? How are you? I've been hearing all that noise, all them clones, and especially that little kid been talking about me and my LSU Tigers' first loss. But let me tell you what, baby, I got some backup down here. I'm barbecuing with Lamar Odom, Vince Neal, and Scarface. And ain't nothing else going to pick my spirit and my team spirit up better than a blaming with my blamely, baby. I get it. BK in Baton Rouge. You didn't tell me that, vampire. Not a very good call. Yeah, I know that he did a jug solo. It was a terrible jug solo and a worse BK impression. You know what? The hack off just broke out. You all been asking for it. You got it. First guy through got racked. Let's find out about this one. Good to have you, Michael. What's going on? How are you? Jim, thanks for taking my call. 
I was impressed by Matt Amendola's composure as a replacement kicker for the Chiefs last night. He's responsible for nine points. He did exactly what he needed to do to help them win. I love the Al Michaels and Kirk Street broadcast. thought they made a good pair. I especially loved when Al called out Jeff Bezos on national TV, er, prime video, for not knowing how to shoot the dice. Mr. AWS apparently crumbles under the pressure of the craps table. Love to know the backstory of that commentary. Al is a legend. Have a good weekend, Jim. Heading over to the Beau Rivage. I'm out. You got it, Mike. Appreciate it. You know, it, it was funnier. I love Al. I love Al. Let's go to Mike in Wichita. I've got Teron Armstead coming up next segment, in fact. So we'll get back to doing what we need to do and what we should be doing. But you callers have had a pretty good day. I'm going to play the hot hand. Let's go to the phones. Mike in Wichita. What's going on with you, Mike? How are you? Jimmy Jam, I'm doing okay. Long time, long time, my man. I know it, right? Hey, the Chiefs are looking like the best team not currently in Buffalo. Props to San Diego, Los Angeles, and their stud QB, who did all he could after he got a little sand in his bikini last night. I cannot wait for round two later this year. But I think we can put this AFC West as the toughest division in the NFL business to bed. What with the Oakland, Las Vegas, faders crapping the bed last sunday khalil Mack spent more time on top of Derek carr than i have on my wife of 14 years if you know what i'm getting at rome you know mike i had forgotten why like we stopped taking car. your phone calls and then i just remembered that yeah you know i don't know what you're getting at mike i don't follow Don't rack that call, Alvin. Good night now!